If you have your Bible, would you open to the book of Colossians? We, um, there are some things that the Lord's led us to in the church in Loon Lake, and, and it's very rare that I'll preach the same thing in two places. You never preach the same thing, even if you pray, preach something twice. But there are times where we're kind of the streams are flow together and kind of hit the same spot. And uh, so th- these are some things we went over on Sunday night. But they'll come out differently this time, and there'll be, there'll be some new things. Um, so I just say that, not, not for your benefit, but for those who get it both times so that they know it's not an accident, that God is, is uh, bringing certain things out which I believe are for this time. We have heard from the Spirit of God very clearly about the light and the life that He brings to us and that He will bring to us. I believe that God has prepared us all of 2010 for what's happening yeah. now. Yeah. You know, I don't think that God sets his, his divine calendar by the Julian calendar or by our current calendar. He doesn't, he doesn't set it. He doesn't say, oh, it's January 1st, new, new goal here. All right, <laughs> we got to change. I got to come up with a new rhyme and we got to do this, you know. God sets his timetable on his timetable. So don't think just because it's 2011 that there's something entirely new. God is working in us as he's been working in us since the day you got born again, and he will continue to do so. Nevertheless, it helps us to look, and every now and then we pick our heads up and say, okay, Lord, what is it? Where are we going? Where are we heading? And he is faithful and just to give us that, to tell us that, to lead us in the right direction. I think he's been preparing us for some great things. He's also preparing us, as we know, for some some difficulties that we're going to be able to triumph in. I've said this several times, but I'll say it again. Because it's come up several times in prayer, in conversation with other believers, and in just genuine, just in life, is that when Jesus spoke about storms, he did not tell you what to do in the storm. He told you what to do before the storm. You never see Jesus saying, if the storm comes, here's what you do. You hear him saying, listen, when you're building your house, dig down deep, build a foundation. How do he say to build that foundation? Come to me, hear what I say, and do what I say. That's how you build a foundation. Not just simply believing, but doing. Then he says, the man who hears and does not do, he's like the man who doesn't build a foundation. When the storm comes, his house gets knocked down. When the storm comes to the man who has a firm foundation in Christ... He's secure. In fact, it doesn't even indicate that he's worried or moved because he's built a house with a foundation. Storms, while not from God, are wonderful proving grounds for your faith. Wonderful places for, to prove that what you have is real. When you get in the middle of the battle, God did not send that, that other soldier your way, but he sent you to that other soldier. See, that's the difference. I think of it in military terms, and you may think of it in different terms. I sometimes think of it in, in, in plant terms. Sometimes you think of it in whatever. But, but think about it this way. I know we've used this illustration, but think about it this way. When you go into battle, when a soldier goes to battle, he's been sent to that battle to accomplish a task, hasn't he? Now, just because there's other guys coming his way, he doesn't think, oh, the general sent those guys my way. He sent bad guys to me to shoot me. No, the general sent you to the battle. He sent you with the proper equipment. He sent you with everything you need to overcome. 
Don't think just because there is a battle and just because God saw it coming that he sent the enemy. He didn't send the enemy, but he sent you to the battle. Because you're going to win. Because the enemy needs to be defeated. He might as well be defeated now. So thank God, he, well, the enemy has already been defeated. We're just walking out that triumph. We're just walking out that victory. So I mentioned the parable of the uh, two men building different houses. And then there's also, of course, one that we've mentioned very, very often recently, the parable of the sower. And it says, when persecution and tribulation arise, as we've talked about before, persecution is what people do to you. Tribulation is just stuff that happens. It says it arises because of the word, not despite the word. Not, not, not a little bit less because of the word, but it actually arises because the word is there. The man who has roots is going to be fine. The one who doesn't have roots, he'll be plucked up. But the man who has roots will be just fine. This, this means that friends... While there is scriptural instruction into what, what to do when hard times come, there's way more on what to do before they come so that when they come, you're not shaken, you're not moved. God's been faithful. Have we been listening? I believe we have. I believe many of you have listened. We're just so trained in our culture to respond right then to certain things. And, 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 and we can look up on the internet and find an answer real quick. So if I run into a problem, I can get an answer real quick. So we don't do a lot of preparation. But you know you have to prepare. You know your spirit has to be prepared. It has to be built up in the most holy faith so that when the times of adversity or even opportunity come, you're ready to step in and you don't have to go lock yourself away for three days to prepare for a battle. This is good. So in Colossians... Chapter 1, we want to talk about some of the things that God has prepared for us and the things that God desires for us. You're all, let me look at everybody. I believe everybody here is born again. This is good. This is a good start, right? We're all born again, but there are wonderful, beautiful things that accompany salvation. There are wonderful, beautiful things that are automatically put in your life the moment you got saved. And there's a lot of things that the Lord says have been granted to you, but you have to obtain them. So in Colossians 1, I want to read you what he prays, he being the Apostle Paul. In verse 9, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, and what has he heard? He's heard of their love. He's heard of their uh, bearing fruit and increasing. He's heard of the hope that they have, their faith in Christ Jesus. For this reason, since the day we've heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Huge. I'm not talking about somehow having a sense of his will. I'm not talking about somehow being informed of his will. It says that, that, that I pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. If you're filled with something, is there room for anything else? No, you're just filled with that. Is there knowledge? I mean, so, so I would think if you're filled with the knowledge of his will, 
The knowledge of your will is pretty much gone a long time ago. I mean, you stopped thinking about what you wanted a long time ago because your desires have lined up with his desires and you tend to want what he wants. What other people want for you has been pushed out of the way. What other people expect from you has been pushed out of the way. For, for Paul said in Galatians, if I had wanted to please people, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. There's, there's no way you can do both. Sometimes, coincidentally, when you serve the Lord, you happen to please somebody. But, but it's, it's, not, it's not often that you please everyone. It's, it's never, actually. <laughs> and that can't be your goal. So he says that you're filled, filled, filled with the knowledge of his will. But just the knowledge of his will wouldn't do you any good because it's like, it's like you giving me a book in Japanese. I mean, I, there's no, no way I can, I can figure that out. I may have their entire playbook were they to attack again because, you know, those Japanese. Were they to attack again? Thank God for the Japanese. Thank God for the church in Japan. Were they to attack or something, you give me this, this playbook of what's going to happen, I wouldn't get it at all. I don't speak the language. So you've got to be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now that is part of that light that we're talking about. In fact, in the New Testament, light is referred to in different ways. Light comes to mean truth, knowledge, glory, Life, love, all of these things tie into light. Holiness, all of those things come with light. All of those things are described by light. So when God gives His light, one of the things that you are filled with is that your eyes are filled with light so that you see. Isn't that the major thing that light does to you? Sure, it makes you happy when you're in the sunlight. Sure, I mean, you know, you've got suicides increasing incrementally as the days get shorter in the Arctic. I mean, by the time uh, December 21st comes along, people are just downright depressed because they haven't seen the sun. Sure, it brings joy. Sure, it brings life. But it brings vision. It brings clarity. It, it, the, the scripture says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a lamp unto my feet where I am right now. But it's not just a lamp to where I am. It's a light unto my path means I see ahead. I see ahead into the things that God has called us to. Aren't you just, aren't you just done with feeling like you're on a roller coaster in the dark, not knowing where, when, what? As a servant of the Most High God, more than that, as a friend of Jesus, you've been called to know some more things, to know some things about His will. Jesus said this, I don't call you slaves anymore. I'm going to call you friends. Yes. He says, the difference is a slave does not know what his master is doing. Right. <coughs> friend knows. Yes. Friend understands. Mm -hmm. So you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will in all, keyword spiritual wisdom. Now, spiritual wisdom supersedes fleshly wisdom and many times goes directly against it. So you've got to decide tonight. Tonight's a good time to decide. Do I want to be wise to the world or do I want to be wise according to God? Because as we may read later in 1 Corinthians 1, if you're going to be wise as the world sees it, or sorry, if you're going to be wise according to God, if you're going to be wise in His wisdom, 
you're going to look foolish to the world. That's okay. That is okay. I'm sure I look foolish to a monkey when I type on a computer. Monkey doesn't get it. Monkey doesn't know that that's doing me a lot of good. Monkey thinks that's a waste of time. But there's a greater wisdom as a human that I have as to what that thing does. Now, I'm not calling the unbelievers monkeys. But I'm saying us as human beings, without the spiritual wisdom that God gives, without the revelation that he can give, without the light that he sheds, we have no clue what's going on. No clue. But when he shines his light, oh man, you're able to walk in a clarity and an understanding of what's going on, of what he wants, of what he desires, of what he has for you, that you don't feel slapped around by what's going on. Jesus, even the things that the enemy had planned for him, he saw coming. He saw them. He was prepared for them. He was not taken off guard by them. Praise the Lord. This is, this is such wonderful news that we can be filled, filled with the knowledge of His will. Not knowledge as in trivia and facts. Knowledge is an intimate understanding, an acquaintance with His will. Uh, a, a strong feeling, not just feeling, but a strong knowing inside yourself of what it is that God would have you do. Now, here's why. Here's why you have that. So that you will walk. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. The reason you see is so you can walk. That's what the scripture says. Your word is a light unto my feet, lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. The reason God opens your eyes is not just so you can be smarter than everybody else in the room. The reason God's opened your eyes is so that you can walk in the light that he's given you. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. To please Him in all respects. I want you to think about that. Pleasing Him in all respects. In every area of your life. In every aspect you could and will please Him. Bearing fruit in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. So none of these things are possible without first having a knowledge of his will, being filled with it, and having it in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You say, I want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Do you know his will? No. Then you can't. You say, well, I want, I want to please him in all respects. Are you filled with the knowledge of his will? No. Well, then I'm sorry. You say, but I want to bear fruit in every good work. I want to increase in the knowledge of God. Okay, start at base one. You ever notice when a child tries to do something nice for you? Sometimes it's just hit and miss. If you've ever had a garden. You've understood that that garden you've worked really hard on is also a place where the child thinks they can pick flowers for mommy and make her real happy until she sees her prize roses pulled out by the root. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Well, they, they, they're trying their best. But you know what? We're past the place of blindly trying to please the Lord. Thank God. Oh, he's so good that he wants you to know. He wants you to be filled with that. Now, I'm going to tell you that, that, that this is not about trying harder right now. 
Now, the Bible does say be diligent. It does say apply yourself. It does say with all effort, with intensity. These are all things that are biblical. But right here, what we're talking about is the Apostle Paul getting on his knees and praying that they'd be filled. They're not, they're not necessarily doing anything to earn this, although their faith in the Lord Jesus has been known to all, and that's the reason he's praying. But he's praying that they'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. So guys, you can't get this by reading another book. You can't get this by listening to more tapes, CDs, MP3s, whatever. You can't get this by having more conversations with people that know what they're talking about. The only way you can get this spiritual wisdom and understanding is by quality time with the Lord Jesus and asking for it. He grants it. He grants it freely. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Wow. For the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? He's qualified us. But here's the thing. Here is the... I mean, all of it. You want to be steadfast. You want to be uh, increasing. You want, you want to attain all of the things that God has for you. If you want to be patient, you want to be steadfast. All of these things, these sound like earthly qualities, but they're not. They come by a filling of the Spirit, by a filling of the knowledge of His will, by an understanding that comes from Him alone, by spiritual wisdom. Embrace the wisdom of God and get over your own wisdom. Because you cannot. Here's the thing. We think, sometimes we flip this around and say, if I'm patient, if I'm steadfast, if, I am, um, if I'm increasing, if all of these things, then he'll fill me with the knowledge of his will. But here's what he says. You need to be filled with the knowledge of his will in order for all these other things to come. You've got to first be filled. Praise the Lord. And he's the one that qualified you. For he rescued us, verse 13, from the domain or the kingdom of darkness. The lordship of darkness, the bondage of darkness, the control of darkness. And transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. He transferred us. Now, this is cool because this means that um, we're not just saved from darkness. We're transferred to a new kingdom. You've not just been saved from one. You've been transferred to another. So I have not just been saved from darkness. I've been transferred to light. That may seem like semantics, but it's a big deal. You've not just been taken, taken out of the world system. You've been put into his system. You've not just been taken out of sin's bondage. You've been put into righteousness. You've not just been taken out of, out of all of your filth. You've been put in clean clothes. That's the cool thing. It takes your... I mean, if you, if you look at the example in, in Zechariah... Of, of Joshua the high priest that stands before the Lord and he's got filthy garments on, a filthy hat. He is gross and dirty, the accuser of the brethren saying, look at him, he's filthy. 
The Lord didn't just, he said, take those filthy clothes off of him, but he didn't leave him naked. He says, now put a clean robe on him, put a ring on his finger, put a turban on his head. This is what the Lord is doing. Wanting his people to be more than just not of the world. Wanting his people to say, I genuinely bear the name of Christ. I bear his image. I bear his light. I bear his likeness. I don't just, I mean, I don't live my life saying, well, I don't go to bad movies, and well, I, 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 I don't drink, and I don't do drugs. Therefore, I must be a believer, because you don't get to be a believer by process of elimination. Just because something, I mean, this is like saying humans don't live in water. Cows don't live in water, so they must be humans. That doesn't work that way, does it? That's weird logic. You were taken out of the water of sin and disgrace and bondage, and you were placed into the kingdom of His glorious Son. Now, can we just be elementary for a moment? His glorious Son. That's a key word. He didn't put that in for no reason. Glorious means full of glory. Glory and light often go hand in hand. His Son is the source of light, the image of light, the source of all light in you. Here's the deal. We're not going to get out of this without knowing Him. I mean intimately knowing the Lord. Knowing Him. This is, not, this is not a condemning word that says, you don't know him? You need to start getting worried. I'm saying you can know him. Many of you do know him. You may know him well, but you're going to know him more. You may know his will in some areas. You're going to know his will in all areas. And I don't think that's too far to stretch because the Lord said in this very chapter that that's already been granted to us, that it is something that Paul felt confident praying. Do you think that he just prayed stuff and says, if I shoot for the moon, I'll hit the stars? Do you think that's what he thought? If I shoot high, if I shoot for the ceiling, at least I'll hit pretty high up on the wall. I'm just going to ask for the, for the big shebang, and then maybe God will give him a little bit of what I ask for. No, if he's asking for it, I, I know that the scripture teaches very well that we're wasting our breath if we're not praying according to the will of God. We're heard if we pray according to his will. Now, I believe that this book was inspired, God breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit, dictated by the Holy Spirit even. So that means every prayer that is prayed is a prayer prayed not only in faith but according to the perfect will of God. That means it is God's will for you to be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Spiritual wisdom. Mm. And that's good. Now hold your place in Colossians 1 because we'll come back to that in a moment. But go to 1 Corinthians 1. Or, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2. And we're going to go to verse 1. In the previous chapter, he says, By his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. You're not just with him, you're not just behind him, you're in him. Who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification 
and redemption. All these things are his work on our behalf. So that just as it's written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So all of these things, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption are a work of God, not a work of man. So that you'll boast in the Lord. Thank God. Because if we could accomplish them on our own strength, then we could have a reason to boast. We don't. When it came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined them nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, this is, this is a group of people when He first came that weren't born again. Not born again. Don't know the Lord. So when He came, the only thing He's going to preach to them is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm not preaching to you some deep doctrine. I'm not preaching to you something that's going to make you impressed or, or say, wow, a new revelation. I just want you to know him and his resurrection. He says, I was with you in much weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Now listen to this. Now he, that's what he says. When I first came, I spoke to you purely, no wisdom, just showing you the power of God so that you would believe. But then he says this, yet. Yet's an important word. He says that was then, this is now. We do speak wisdom among those who are mature. Now maturity didn't come when you got born again. Maturity comes through a, a, a steady relationship with the Lord Jesus. Maturity comes by growing. So we speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our Glory to our shining, to our light. This is necessary. It's been hidden, as we've said many times before, not from us, but for us. Predestined to find it. Given a treasure map, how to get there. It's been hidden for you. Now it says, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and would have not, which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. So a lot of what's included in the wisdom of God are things prepared for you that if you don't know about them, you won't access them, you won't ask for them, you won't reach out and receive them. Which is why you can't stay a baby for the rest of your life. Which is why the Lord is so gracious to say, I'm bringing you light, I'm bringing you wisdom, I'm opening eyes so that you would know what I've prepared. See, many Christians live in a life expecting that as they walk, they will smack their heads into the things God has prepared. And they'll go, oh, God prepared that for me. Whatever happens... God prepared it for me. But here it says, so that you would know the things God has prepared for you. So that you would walk in it. Because according to that Colossians 1, 
We must have this wisdom and be filled with it in order to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, a manner that's pleasing Him, bearing fruit, increasing in the knowledge of Him, being steadfast, patient, joyous, full of hope. Thank God. Hmm. This is good news. I don't know if it sounds like good news to you. It sounds very good to me. The wisdom which they didn't understand, but God understood. All the th- it says, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. For to us, God revealed them. So, you know, God loved the world, right? He loved the world so much, He gave His only begotten Son. He granted, he, he granted to all men salvation, whether they receive it or not, is up to them. But now these things prepared are not for those that He loves but for those who love Him. So all these things that we're talking about right now, these aren't for unbelievers. These are for you. This is for you. It's necessary that you know it. It's necessary that you don't just find out when you come to church and say, I hope the pastor preaches on what, on what the Lord has prepared for me because I need to know. That He wants you to get to a spot where you do know that. For to us, listen to this, they haven't entered in the heart of man Eyes not seen, ears not heard. No one's even able to guess this stuff. But to us, God has revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Now, now hear that. The The Spirit searches all things. There's nothing left out of that. There's not a place the Spirit has not searched out. There's not a place the eye of the Lord has not swept. There's not a place on the planet, a heart of man, anything that has not been searched out by the Spirit of God. These are not just things in God. These are everything around you. You can understand what's going on. Because he says the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Not just the depths of God. But all things, but the most valuable thing are the things that are deep, the depths of God. So what does this mean? Sounds like there's layers to God. Now, there's no darkness in him, right? He is light. So it's not like it's not like there's just shadows and things you can't get through. The darkness is not in him. The darkness is in man. The darkness is in our seeing. I can turn on all the lights in the Institute for the Blind. I don't, you know... I could turn on every light in there and someone could say, you didn't turn on the lights. And I say, yes, I did. It's nothing but light in here. That was an interesting sound. That was my fault I did this. Somebody could say, you could say, well, I mean, you didn't turn on any lights. I don't see anything. Well, the issue isn't whether I turn the lights on or whether there's light in the room. The issue is whether your eyes are able to see that light. So you see, God is light, but there are depths to God. There are things that are hidden deep in God, which you have to be mature and spiritual to understand. You know, you have to be spiritual to understand some of the things in this book. An unbeliever can't get all the things in here. There are certain things that they're going to understand they are going to lead them to salvation. There are other things they're not going to get until they receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and he'll open their eyes to those things. There are certain things that an immature believer won't get. They won't get it. They may be an English major and understand every word, every sentence, every term, and still not understand it. That's why, guys, we can't solve spiritual immaturity by writing a better translation. 
Now, I, I'm all in favor of you getting a translation you can understand. But you get one that makes the language clear. Don't make one that dumbs down the concept. Because there are certain things you're not going to understand until you're spiritual. <laughs> and dumbing down the language just may have robbed it of its power. That's another topic for another time. Here's what it says. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received. It doesn't say someday we will receive. It doesn't say someday the Lord will show you all the things you didn't know in sweet Beulah land. You'll know all things. It says now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that same Spirit that searches all things, the same Spirit that searches the depths of God, the same Spirit that Jesus said will tell you everything He hears. Everything. I know this is challenging because we say, surely God's going to keep something from us. There are some things I believe very clearly the Lord has not told me because I'm not ready to hear it. I know that. I'm not blaming that on Him. That's a good thing. That's a time thing. Nevertheless, everything you need, everything the Lord has for you, everything the Lord has prepared for you, the Spirit of God knows. He's able to show you. I believe the more mature we get, the more we're allowed to hear. Here's why. Here's why we have received this Spirit so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. It's important that you know the things that have been given to you. Because here's a biblical, scriptural concept. Things are given. They also have to be received. Right? Salvation was given, granted. Had to be received. Mercy was given. Had to be received. Wisdom was given. Had to be received. There's a two-part thing here. God gives us things. We've got to receive them. And you can't receive them unless you see it. So as a body of believers, let me bring this down to our level. As a body of believers, there are things individually that God has for you. There are gifts that He's put in you that, have already, that He's already placed inside you. But like He said to Jeremiah... I've placed, I have placed my words in my mouth, but I need to tell you they're there so that you speak them out. There are gifts inside you that the Lord has already put there, but they will not be activated unless you know they're there and unless you're willing to call them out. Spring up a well within my soul. There are things as a body, as a group of people in this gathering that we meet together and we call it Word Outreach Center, Word Church, or whatever you call it. There's a group of us that come together and we really are going to come to a place where more and more people are saying it's not enough that they're spiritual. It's not enough that he's spiritual, she's spiritual. I want to be spiritual. I want to be not walking after the flesh, walking in the spirit so that I understand the things freely given to us by God. That when the Lord says move, I'm moving. I don't have to be convinced. I'm already going to move. 
great example of that is when we call the fast. Half the people here on Wednesday night already started. We didn't leak it, you know? <laughs> it's not like we said, we're going to call the fast. I'll get started. <laughs> Why? As people heard from the Lord, and those, those of you that, did, that hadn't already started, went, the minute you heard it, it witnessed with your spirit. We didn't have to sit you down and say, let me give you 10 reasons why this is a good idea. The minute it was said, I barely had to preach a message. It was already confirmed in the spirits of the people. This is good. This is what God's calling us to. We're going to be able to run faster when we all run together. We're going to be able to move further. We're going to, have, we're going to be able to take on greater challenges if we all see. You know, you ever played that game where, where, you know, all your teammates are blindfolded and you have to help them put together a puzzle by calling out, no, to the left, no, to the right. If you haven't played it, it can be frustrating. Sometimes that's what church is like. You know, a preacher gets up and says, no, 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 to the left. No, 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 a little bit more to the right. And people are just kind of wandering around saying, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. <laughs> to the left, to the left. Ah. Not to the left or the right, but let your eyes look straight on. Okay. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the word of the Lord entered your heart and illuminated things? The minute it was spoken, you saw it clearly. Oh, you weren't blind people being led around. You were people whose eyes were opened. And when the preacher gets up and opened the Bible to, a, to something, that what they said immediately brought light into your life. And you saw it and you go, oh, wow, I see it. It didn't have to be explained. The minute the word hit me, light came. David said, the entrance of your word brings light. The minute the word enters, it brings light. Here's what it says. So we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Here's a deep thought right here in verse 13. Which things we also speak. Now he's talking about he and the rest of the people that have preached to the Corinthians. We speak these things, but listen to this. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Wow, you got to be spiritual to understand that verse. <laughs> there are spiritual thoughts and there are spiritual words. And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Now, definitely speaking in tongues ties in with that. But this is talking about preaching. He says we speak it to people. Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words, like Jesus speaking in parables. Unless those people are spiritual that are hearing it, they're not going to get it at all. So there's a time when people have to grow to a place of maturity so that the preacher has the ability to preach what he's meant to preach. Jesus said, there are many things I would want to share with you, but you are not able to hear them yet. Hebrews says, of this man we have many things to see, but you are still immature. Later on in this same chapter, or sorry, in chapter 3, he says, we could not speak these things to you, for you were fleshly. And because you were fleshly, aren't you still infants? You were, sorry, it says you were acting fleshly. In fact, we'll get to there. We'll read that. It says, we combine spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. 
But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So they may be preached to him, but he won't accept them. For they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? He says, What can I say of those born of the Spirit? They are like the wind. You don't know where they're going. You don't know where they're coming from. It doesn't say they don't know where they're going. It says you don't know where they're going. They look like, it's just like the one, I don't know, they're, they're crazy. You know, they just, I'm sure Jesus looked insane. Crossing the sea, casting out a couple demons, casting out a legion of demons, then crossing the sea again. What, what a waste of time to a natural man, but to a spiritual man. You're on a different, you're on a different level. You're going a different way. You've got a different goal. You've got different pairs of eyes. You got, you've got to be... You gotta, at this point, you've got to be okay with looking stupid to everybody else. Yeah. Just looking crazy to the world. This is okay. This is good. Don't you know that the, the dude in the insane asylum thinks he's the only sane one? <laughs> so the world thinks that they're sane and you're crazy. That's okay. That's the way it goes. When they see the light, they'll know. Give them a chance. But right now, don't let yourself be affected by the world and how they view you. Don't go on YouTube and find all the reasons you might be wrong. Don't look all over the place and say, I don't know, I'm doubting my faith. They have so many good arguments. Be spiritual. Stop. I mean, here's the thing. Here's a good test. If you can be argued out of what you believe by an intellectual human argument, you didn't really believe it. You just thought it was true. You didn't have faith. Oh, you meet an unbeliever who gets born again. And you say, how did it happen? They go, I can't explain it to you. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. All I know is I was heavy, but now I'm light. All I know is I was depressed, but now I am full of joy. I can't explain to you how it happened. The man who was healed by Jesus, they said, how does this happen to you? By what authority? He said, I don't know. Just know I'm blind. I was blind, but now I can see. This is it. This is where it comes down to. Be okay with the fact that your words, once you become spiritual and allow your, allow your, your fleshly intellectual wisdom to be pushed out by a spiritual wisdom, the crazier you'll look to the world and the more sane you'll look in church. It's okay. I'm aware. Here's the deal. At some point, we'll put, we're going to you know, get our act together and begin to put some of these sermons online. I'm aware that many people will download these sermons and go, it's absolutely nuts. And that's okay. That's okay, because if they didn't think we were crazy, something's wrong. Here's what it says. But he, verse 15, he who is spiritual appraises all things. In other words, judges all things, discerns all things, understands all things. 
yet he himself is appraised by no one. He, he gets what's going on. He understands what's behind things. He sees a man interrupting a service loudly and understands that there's a spirit behind it. But he himself, people don't get him. For he's spiritual and they're fleshly. It says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Who has known it? We wouldn't have known it. But now we have that same mind. And I, brethren, chapter 3, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Even, indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men? Here's the greatest truth that, that I think one of the greatest that the world will ever hear. You were never designed to be a mere man, a mere woman. You were designed to be supernatural. Outside, I mean, you say, you say, oh, we're just doing what's natural to us. You have a divine nature now. You have become partakers of the divine nature. You are not walking as mere men anymore. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to understand and just say, I know where you're coming from. I mean, you may know because you've been there before, but you're not on that same level anymore. They're not going to understand you. And on some level, you say, that's not how I think anymore either said this before, but I, I don't understand how I can talk to a young girl says, I found the greatest guy. Is he born again? I, I think so. <laughs> how, did that, how did that not come up in the first two minutes? I don't even care if you ask him. I, forget him for a minute. How is he okay with you? Because our goals are totally different. I mean, I'm pretty sure that after a five-minute conversation with me, any girl in the world would be convinced, that's not my life. It's not the life for me. He's nuts. He's just, I mean, where do you see yourself in five years? Wherever the Lord wants me. Doesn't have any ambition. How much money would you like to make? Oh, pff, doesn't matter how much money I make. The Lord's going to provide for me more than I ever need. <sighs> okay, okay. Let me get this straight. All right, all right. I got a better question for you. Okay. So, um, do you see yourself having job security? Job security. Oh, no. No, I, have, I see myself having God security. You know, I don't put my hope in the insecurity and, and unstableness of riches but on a living God who supplies all things richly for men to enjoy. You're done. You're done. You're off the dating show. This doesn't work. Right? Because you're nuts. And dad's not going to approve. Well, he's a nice guy. This is, this is the thing. When you set your mind to be as the mind of Christ, when you let his wisdom become your wisdom, it will become the foolishness to the world. But finally, the things of God will make sense. Finally, his word will make sense. 
Finally, the path in front of you will make sense. You are now able to appraise all things. Have you noticed in the world they've got no clue as to what's going on? Now you know. I know who God is. I don't just know who He is. I know Him. I understand His will. I understand His ways. I get up in the morning and know what He wants me to do. Life isn't happening to me. I'm walking in Him. This is better. This is better. I'm not just waiting for things to happen to me. I, I know the things freely given to me by God so I can ask for them. I can claim them. I can walk in them. I'm not just waiting for the Lord to say, I'm going to slap you on the head and give you all this stuff. No, 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 no. He says, here's what I have for you. Now receive it. Now ask for it. Now seek it. Later in 1 Corinthians, the Lord... Josh and I were talking about this recently. Later in 1 Corinthians, a few chapters later, he tells you all these great spiritual gifts. He says, desire earnestly the greater gifts. God didn't just slap you with them. Contrary to popular belief, God didn't just say, this is your gift, this is your gift, this is your gift. He says, desire them, seek them, go after them. Praise the Lord. I want to read you something else from Colossians. We'll go back there. We won't spend much time there. But we're going to go back, back to chapter 1, verse 25. I want you to read the stuff in between there too when you get home. Can you do that? Praise the Lord. Verse 25 says, Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I may fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but now has been manifested. What does manifest mean? Uncovered, revealed, shown. To the saints, in other words, to the holy ones, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is the mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the greatest mystery. That's the greatest thing you could know. It's the greatest thing you could ever comprehend. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim Him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Praise God. For this purpose also I labor striving according to His power, which mightily works within me. Praise the Lord. For I want you to know how great a struggle that I have on your behalf, and for those who are allowed to see it, and for those who have yet not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding. Don't you realize that that is the greatest rich of all? Those are the greatest riches of all. The greatest treasure of all is the full assurance of understanding that God gives. Attaining to all the wealth, which means that there's so much stored up for you when you begin to understand it. Resulting in a true knowledge. Now, true knowledge. True knowledge of God's mystery. That is Christ himself. In whom are hidden all the treasures 
of wisdom and knowledge. Praise the Lord. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Praise the Lord. What's the point? The point is that all the wisdom you need, all the knowledge, the treasures and the wealth that come from that, and the understanding, it is hidden in Christ himself. You can't read enough books to, to gain this wisdom. You can't listen to enough sermons. This is all about knowing him. It's all about knowing Him. The only way you're going to receive this is time, is asking, is Him giving. Can't be earned, has to be given. <laughs> you can't put in enough hours at the church. You can't wash enough dishes. Buy enough lunches for someone else. It's got to be given. It's got to be granted. How do you get what's given? You ask and receive. You seek and you find. You knock and the door is open. Praise the Lord. I believe we're going to walk in a greater area, greater breadth of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. That doesn't mean that you're going to be more educated. It means that you're going to become more familiar with God. Isn't this good? You see, if you were more educated, you're earthly wisdom would increase. Scripture says knowledge puffs up, love builds up, right? But boy, you're not being educated. You're going to become intimately acquainted with God himself. More and more as he sheds his light and opens up his word to you. It opens up, gives you the spirit of revelation, knowledge and understanding and all of these things that he's fully and freely granted to you. That you would be complete. Can I tell you one more thing? <laughs> because in the, later on in Colossians, he says this in verse 9 of chapter 2. For in him, in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Everything the Father, Son, Holy Spirit is, is in Jesus. And in him, you've been made complete. But in the literal, it, it just literally says, and it says it probably in your margin, in him, so all of, in him, all the fullness of God dwelled. It says, in him, you've been made full. <laughs> he was full of God. It says, and in him, you've been made full. He is the head over all rule and authority. Later on in chapter 4, Epaphras prays. Epaphras, who is one of your number, verse 12, a bondslave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayer. So this is talking, guys, this is a lot. This is talking about prayer. This is talking about other people praying for you. You praying it yourself that you may stand perfect. In other words, completed and fully assured in all the will of God. Praise the Lord. God's will is not meant to be a mystery forever. He wants you to know it. He wants you to be full of it. He wants you to be assured of His will. To 
be completed, to be mature, to be perfected. He wants you to look like Jesus. Oh, if we would realize the end goal is to look like Jesus. This is all about looking like Jesus, walking like Jesus, speaking like Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Every treasure of wisdom and knowledge is in Christ. In Him, you've been made complete, full of all that God has, all that God is. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Embrace the wisdom of God. Throw off the wisdom of men. Throw it off. Cast aside that fake wisdom, that foolishness, and embrace the wisdom of God, which the world calls foolishness. Guys, if you are not prepared tonight to become sold out for Jesus, get prepared. Become so radical for Him that the world begins to look at you differently. Become so radical for Him that were they to put you on trial, not a word would have to be spoken for you to be convicted. Become so radical for Him that the world begins to view you as one like the wind. They don't know where you came from. They don't know where you're going. They don't understand your goals. They don't understand your purpose. But they know that the glory of God is on you. That the light of His face is shone in you. That they sense love. They feel joy. They feel peace in your presence. And the ones that have rebelled against the Lord, the ones that refuse Him, they may hate you. But they don't hate you. They hate Jesus. Paul said, we are the aroma of Christ. In every place that we go, we spread His aroma. The very scent and aroma of Christ. But to those who are perishing, the very scent of doom. And death. Why? Because when you have true life, friends, you show a dying man that he is dying. But it's not until a dying man realizes he is dying that he will reach up and grab the rope thrown to him. Friends, I do not delight, I do not rejoice in the fact that the world is perishing. I rejoice in the fact that there is a Savior. I rejoice in the fact that they can be saved. I rejoice in the fact that it is His desire that they will be saved. Do not, do not shrink back from smelling like death to the world as long as you have life in your hand. Jesus. 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 Don't shrink back, church. Don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. Live by faith. Don't shrink back. Live by faith. Live by faith. We are not of those who shrink back. Praise the Lord. I believe that tonight, could we just stand? I believe that tonight, some of you have heard the word as a confirmation. Others have heard the word as a wake-up call. A call to go deeper. A call to go further. Yesterday's revelation is not enough. You need to walk in the revelation of God. 
daily. Be filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The day of looking up at the preacher and say, be spiritual for me and feed me food. Digest this food for me, then feed it to me, is over for many of you. Many who are new believers, oh, the Lord loves you. The Lord is causing you to grow. Don't be ashamed of where you're at, but always be seeking the greater things. But the, many of us have gone further. Many of us have, have grown more to the place that it is no longer fit for us to drink milk. It is time for us to be spiritual and partake of the meat that will cause you to grow. Amen. That will cause you to bear fruit. That will cause you to bring life to the places that are dying. To bring light to the places that are dark. To bring hope to the hopeless. To speak to the spirit of suicide and say there is hope that goes beyond what you see. That goes beyond what you understand. For there is a greater understanding and a greater wisdom that comes from God. That many of you will walk into malls and shopping centers. Many of you will walk into auto stores and workplaces with the light of God all over you, with the knowledge of Him all over you. And as the Spirit who has searched even the depths of God is in you, He has searched the hearts of the people you'll speak to. He searched the hearts of the ones that stand in front of you and you'll know them. You'll be able to take authority over the spirits that bind them. You'll be able to take captive every thought that comes up against the obedience of Christ and exalts itself. You will be able to pull down fortresses because your weapons are not fleshly, but divinely powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. Don't be content. Don't be content. I'm telling you, I've become less content with who I was last year and more and more joyful and hopeful in who I am becoming because I'm becoming like Him. You're becoming like Him if you're increasing, if you're growing. If you're not, the Scripture says you're short-sighted because these are things that you need. Oh Lord, increase our understanding. I pray, as Paul prayed, that these ones, these dear ones, these precious ones that you've loved, that you've died for, that you've granted salvation, that you've given such great grace to, Lord, that these ones would be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing you in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, being steadfast in the faith, joyful, Hopeful, patient in the name of Jesus. As Jesus prayed for Peter, I pray that their faith would fail not. That you would keep them from the evil one. You would keep them. Oh yeah, even the, even the young in the faith, even the, even the baby Christians, you would keep them. You would hold them in your name that we may see your glory in their lives.
Oh, that we may see your glory in the church, that we may see your glory in the streets, that we would see your glory everywhere we go. Oh, glorify yourself. Glorify your name in us. May we manifest your name to all those you've given us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good. It's good. It's good, it's glorious, it's full of light. That we would be filled of light, that your eyes would be open. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. Pray that it is full of light.